Oh, when the heat wave comes marching in, we go to New Orleans and we sit. Now, this is going on way too long already. We're going to New Orleans. The Saints are up next on the docket. The heat wave continues, baby. Uh, and all the stats that you hear today is going to be provided by the Fantasy Football by Broto app. Go download it. It's free. It's free because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We love you. Uh, even if you don't want to be a patron, leave us a kind review. Give us some five stars. Give us a nice comment. Go uh, go like and subscribe on YouTube. We just kind of started on YouTube. We don't really do uh, YouTube too much, but we're trying to get more involved in that. So go check us out. Support it. Uh, we're going to be supporting some Saints players for fantasy drafts. Let's get started. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. So it's not every day that a Saints fan gets to break down the Saints. Someone when the fantasy encyclopedia is even more encyclopediastic. When it comes to the Saints, we got our man right here, Mr. Matt Ward. Yes, flexing for the camera. And, of course, Michael, lead analyst. Here. Let's get it. Um, so, yeah, uh, the Saints, man. Look, I have a, I usually have a, you know, a, a theory, and that's you can't really look back on a team if they have a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator slash head coach combination. The Saints come with a with a new quarterback. So let's take a look at their offensive outlook because it's really important to see who's where this quarterback, who's, whose hands is he in? Uh, the head coach is Dennis Allen, promoted to, promoted to head coach in 2022 after spending the past seven seasons as a defensive coordinator uh, with the Saints. Allen leaves the offensive decisions to offensive coordinator, Mr. Pete Carmichael, who uh, was the, uh, uh, like the offensive assistant um, OC uh, for the Saints for a long time as well. Uh, Pete Carmichael in his 15th season as a New Orleans Saints offense coordinator. Yes, 15th. Um, in 2022, Carmichael helped steer the offense to improvements in the passing game uh, despite a wide array of injuries and missed games amongst the offensive personnel, including needing to start nine different offensive line combinations. The Saints improved from being ranked 32nd in 2021 to 16th in 2022 when it comes to net passing yards per game. Carmichael's system led Andy Dalton to set a career high in completion percentage in 2022. According to PFF, Andy Dalton was a top 10 quarterback last year, for what it's worth. Uh, 2022 Saints record was 7-10. and 10. That was third. 22nd in points per game. 23rd in pass percentage. 13th ranked in run percentage. They ran 47.6% of the time. A lot of offensive additions. A lot of new guys on this offense trying to kind of like reshuffle here. The big one quarterback, Derek Carr, obviously, uh, he brings a whole new a whole new attitude, I would say, to this quarterback room. Uh, running back Jamal Williams, speaking of attitude in the room, uh, tight end Jimmy Graham. That's right. I said it. Tight end Jimmy Graham, wide receiver James Washington, tight end Foster Moreau. Shout out to Foster Moreau surviving uh, a very uh, a scary, scary situation. Rookie running back Kendra Miller, who is in injury limbo right now and Rookie wide receiver A.T. Perry. Their offensive subtractions. Quarterback Andy Dalton moves on to the Panthers. Running back Mark Ingram moves on to the booth. Tight end Adam Troutman moves on to Denver. And wide receiver Deontay uh, Hardy also moves on, uh, formerly Deontay Harris. All right. So 
let's get into it. I don't have quarterbacks this time, so you get to hear uh, about someone except me. Uh, please, someone speak. Go. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is my turn to rumble, brother. Um, it's Derek Carr, obviously, and anybody that thinks Derek Carr is not an immense and immediate upgrade from Andy Dalton, regardless of the PFF grades, is lying to themselves in 2023 he's got an adp of qb19 that's 144 overall so no you're not going to draft him as your starting quarterback probably more of a streaming option um coming in after putting up qb19 in points per game average 15.5 last season and a qb16 uh overall finish with a true throw value ranked qb21 but he's the perfect quarterback for New Orleans in, in, in both in, in contract, which I actually don't love, but obviously it, it's going to save them a few years if they can actually find some success here. But and in playing style, and he easily surpasses Dalton on pure counting stats alone in comparison to their last season stats. Uh, Carr threw for 3,522 passing yards for an average of 2,200. <laughs> that would be incredible. 2,200 yards a game. Yeah, Derek Carr. But 234 yards a game, uh, 502 attempts, so that's 34.5 attempts per game, 24 passing touchdowns, 14 interceptions, just one interception behind league leader Dak Prescott, whereas Dalton managed 2,870 yards, an average of 205 passing yards per game, 378 attempts, that's 30.1 per game, 18 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So Dalton edged Carr slightly in yards per attempt, but Carr greatly surpassed the Red Rocket and EPA, QBR, success rating versus man coverage, all the sticky, juicy quarterback efficiency stats. And that's going to bring me to my next topic of discussion that's been a common occurrence during the heat wave. Like, is Derek Carr a must-draft quarterback in fantasy? Absolutely not. Is he a real-life Super Bowl MVP caliber quarterback anymore? Like, absolutely not. But is he an above-league average starter that provides an immediate upgrade to all the Saints' weapons and all their pass catchers? Can he uphold multiple fantasy producers absolutely yes he can over the last four seasons he's supported the wide receiver three overall the wide receiver 10 overall the tight end two overall and the tight end three overall in points per game as pass catching assets his style is perfect for what the saints were doing last season and, and we'll get into it a little bit with the old ave stats but Derek carr ranks fifth in air, air yards last season fifth in tight window throws of 15 yards or more down the field with 33 fifth in deep ball attempts overall 72 second in air yards per attempt at 9.4 and over the last three seasons he ranks top five in both deep ball completion percentage and deep balls thrown per game like, I really like what Derek Carr brings to this offense for their fantasy assets. Do I think it's going to turn him into an, an standalone fantasy producer at the position of himself? No. Yeah, I, I mean, Derek Carr is uh, my second most rostered quarterback in best ball, though. Interesting. Why is that? Because he goes, like Matt said, around QB20. So he's my most drafted QB2 because I think he has upside in this Saints offense. And he's not going to shit the bed. Yeah, I think QB20 is a little blasphemous. We're talking about point per game finish. I definitely think it's more around that QB15, 14 range for sure. Let, let's continue with it with the wide receivers then because I think that Matt definitely touched on something that I, I, I agree with. And I think that although Derek Carr is not the perfect quarterback, like it – he is the perfect quarterback for this kind of team uh, because the things that he does is compliment complimented by the people around him. Derek Carr was the number was number five in deep ball attempts last season, fifth in air yards. So this is a guy who um, took his shots downfield. And if you're going to take your shots downfield, Chris Olave is the guy to do it to. Um, and also Raheed Shahid. 
uh, who's uh, Jason's boy. Uh, let's talk about Chris Olave first, though. And uh, just so you guys know, before we did this, uh, before we got together, Matt texted the group chat and he's like, just so you know, if you say anything bad about Chris Olave, I have nuclear bombs waiting for you. <laughs> uh, uh, to it completely just murder you. So I'm gonna let him go on Chris Olave a little bit, even though Chris Olave is my guy. Uh, but with that being said, I want to give. I think there's a real big chance for him to break out in, in year two, and he's going around QB. I mean, wide receiver 14, um, in expert consensus right now. So I love that uh, spot for him. I think it's a great spot for him. Uh, last three seasons. Uh, Derek Carr has had three different players each catch 100 balls. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Uh, well, something we know about Derek Carr throughout his career, especially the last three years, is that he hyper-targets one guy in the offense. He had an incredible rookie season, Chris Olave, despite the fact that Andy Dalton and James Winston were at the helm. When you look at the three different players catching 100 balls, right? the reason why that stands out is because the second guy never had more than 57 catches during that time. So Derek Carr is not a guy who's going to support two pass catchers in his career. So me, I'm banking on the idea that Chris Olave takes the cake as the number one guy undisputedly. Michael Thomas is on the other side, and it is something to be said that Michael Thomas, last time we saw him on the field healthy, had the most catches in NFL history. So for the first time, though, this year, I think that not only it's not just injury being the issue for Thomas. I think Olave being there is something that you haven't had to deal with with a healthy Michael Thomas in the past. Someone who established himself last year. You know, Derek Hart doesn't support these number two guys historically. Like I said, in those three seasons, second option never got more than 57 catches. So he's throwing almost double the amount of time to his number one target than he is to his number two target. This is also a team with Raheed Shahid on it, which I told you like has some best ball appeal because he's that deep ball guy. Uh, Derek Carr likes throwing the deep ball. He has the arm to throw the deep ball. So for me, I think Chris Olave has the really big chance to break out. The only thing that scares me a little bit is if Michael Thomas returns to his target hog ass form um, and he builds that rapport with Derek Carr, it might be an issue for Chris Olave, but I think that that is, although in the realm of possibilities, not likely. And then the the real thing is I, I like Olave to take over that spot. And so then I, I think Michael Thomas is someone that I'm going to be not drafting, even though he's going in the ninth round and you see Michael Thomas like, oh, this is a guy that, oh man, ninth round, I could have him on my bench and he could do something. I'm not mad at you, but you're, you're passing on some good guys in that spot in order to take a guy who hasn't played really since 2019, has a new quarterback who you don't know his relationship with, um, a quarterback who historically does not support two receivers in the same system. I'm out on Mike Thomas at the moment, and I'm in on Chris Olave. Uh, with that being said, Matt, um, give us some Olave propaganda because he was on Chris Olave yeah. before even the Saints drafted Chris Olave. Like he just liked him as a prospect. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Olave was a phenomenal prospect, and a lot of people discounted him for that extra year at Ohio State. The four-year stayed from wide receivers is, usually lends to a little bit of a smaller bucket of range of outcomes, but he smacked 
mashed that bucket uh, in his rookie season. 15 games played, 72 receptions. That was wide receiver 20, 119 targets total. That was wide receiver 26. But a 26.7% target share, wide receiver 15 as a rookie, 29.3% target share, wide receiver 10 overall. 1,045 receiving yards with four receiving touchdowns, 8.8 yards per target, 14.5 yards per reception, 1,670 air yards, wide receiver eight overall, and the third highest cumulative total air yards for a rookie ever. 40.8% air yard share. That was wide receiver three last season and the highest single cumulative air yard share of a rookie ever. 14.8%. 14.0 yard a dot is how he did that that was wide receiver nine 2.7 yards per route run that was wide receiver 10 2.25 yards per team pass attempt that was wide receiver nine and average 13.2 points per game wide receiver 25 ahead of garrett wilson and he had 11 games with six or more targets in 2022 averaged 15 points per game or more in all of those contests he set the single season rookie record for cumulative air yards and air yard share including the single highest single game air yards total for a rookie which sits third all time that i think it was week three he had 333 air yards and here are the wide receivers in 2022 that posted more than 2.4 yards per route run with a target share higher than 20 point or 25 percent justin jefferson Devonte adams aj brown tyreek hill amon ross st brown stefan diggs cooper cup Chris Olave as a rookie. And there's more. Here's all the wide receivers drafted in round one in NFL history with at least 2.25 yards per route run as a rookie. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, Demarius Thomas, Hakeem Nix, Percy Harvin, and Chris Olave. There's also only ever Those guys are all good. First round rookie wide receivers in NFL history to post at least 2.0 yards per route run with an A dot greater than 14 yards. AJ Green, Mike Evans, Chris Olave. Only five rookies in NFL history to crew more than 2.25 yards per team pass attempt in their first season. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, AJ Brown, Chris Olave. Is this good? Air Wilson didn't make any of those lists, by the way. Just saying. Yo, yo, yo. We don't need no strays to get to the, the G Man. I'm wearing my Jets hat if you didn't notice. I, f- I smell a I smell a bet coming. It, it's it really is like you're talking about a continual top five point per game range of outcomes for Chris Olave in his career. Okay, uh, Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave? Chris points Olave in the second. Po- points per game, Chris Olave over Garrett Wilson. Bet right and, now oh, this season. This season, I think it'll be a lot closer than anyone thinks. Ah, uh, you're chicken it out. Come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to peer pressure you into it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a lot. Yes! <laughs> favorite team versus favorite I'm, team. I'm, yeah. That's the thing is it's like there's a round of ADP that separates these kids, which makes no sense. All of the things that are positive about Garrett Wilson, which, by the way, this is no slander to him. He's an absolutely elite second-year breakout, top five-point-per-game range of outcomes as well. But all of those positive things – also apply to Olave. He's in that exact same range of outcomes and being drafted around later. And the stats looked w- the same, you know. And I, I do think, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't know why the that's big, just big that's guy. the difference. As far as point per game, I, I probably, you know, maybe less than a point and a half in Garrett Wilson's favor. But I'm willing to even take the risk to say that, like, yeah, Olave can outscore him in points per game for sure. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree. I think that. Chris Olave is one of those guys that has the opportunity easily to be a top five wide receiver. You might be drafting Chris Olave in the top five next season. Let's just put it I that think way. he will be. Yeah. Um, all right, Mike. Talk about this running back situation. We finally – you know, I got to say this. 
pat on the back to us because we totally nailed the timing of these divisions. Um, yeah. Alvin Kamara suspension done when we're recording. Dalvin Cook and and uh, Ezekiel Jeez. Elliott signing the NFC uh, AFC each is going to be our last division. Someone give me a hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Michael. Uh, so by the way, listen, go listen to all the all the honestly, there's like three, like Tim Patrick was one that um you know kind of affects the Broncos episode. And then you got um Joe the Joe Burrow injury happened after we recorded for the Bengals. Which affects but he's nothing. Yeah, he's supposed to be back by week one. Although it does it does affect Joe Burrow. Away the one, sauce, of our patrons, one of our patrons asked, and I, I this is a question that I is evolving every day for me. Are you still taking Burrow before guys like Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence? Are you still I mean, taking if, him? If I was going to take Burrow, I wouldn't just not take him now. Yeah, I don't care. You're still taking him over those guys, though? Like, there's no, It'll like... It'll be fine. All right. It's Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not... Like, if it depends on ADP and, and team build a little bit more for me, it's not has nothing to do with Joe Burrow. And so, yeah, I mean, and that was really the only two real injuries that we didn't cover that happened after we recorded. So still go back and check out all those episodes. They're all current. Um, with that being said, Michael currently take us into one thing that I've been doing in my mock drafts, which has been my, one of my favorite strategies is if I do venture out and I take a quarterback and the tight end, let's say I take Justin Herbert and, and, and uh, Kyle Pitts five and six, right? Let's say that I do that. And so that my flex position is going to be a little weaker. I love filling that spot with Jamal Adams and being like, all right, I mean, Jamal Williams Jamal and for Williams. the first and for the first six games, knowing that I have a guy who's at least going to get the goal line t- touches and at least going to get the most touches on the team. Michael, how are you looking at the Alvin Kamara situation? How are you looking at Jamal Williams situation and everyone in between? Yeah. Alvin Kamara's suspension of uh, just three games means that if he stays healthy the entire season, he'll, probably missed the amount of games he would have missed from injury anyways, if we're being honest. Um, with that being said, <laughs> he is now he is now expected running to be backs back. do average just like just over two missed uh games per games season. Per yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there that is something to be said about that. So now he's due back in week four. The suspension probably made his uh best ball drafters thus far pretty happy. I think a lot of people thought it would be a more uh, stingy suspension. But with that being said, let's jump to the you didn't use that word right at all. I didn't at all. More, at all. Uh, yeah. more robust suspension. More robust. There you go. Strict. I went the I went the opposite. <laughs> but uh Alvin Kamara's twenty twenty two season. Yes, it was the worst season to date. Um however I think people are really overreacting to how bad he was. Like when you hear people Preach. talking about Alvin Kamara these days, all you hear is that he's toast and he was garbage and like I'm not going to draft Alvin Kamara. Last year was his career worst year. Yeah, but he had uh, 898 rushing yards, which was the same as he had in 2021, despite 17 less carries. And he had 57 receptions, a pace which was on par with 2021, albeit is down from his career norms. That's with guys like uh, Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill and guys like that taking snaps at the QB position. And he just happened to end with just four TDs on the season, obviously a career low, three of which came in the same game. Like Alvin Kamara is not only scoring twice this year in two different games. That's not happening. Alvin Kamara finished last year as the RB 13 first time outside the top eight running backs. 
The RB13, the way people talk about this guy, it's as, in points per game. It's as if he finished as RB24. Now the Saints get Derek Carr at quarterback, who's a big upgrade. And like I say, I never complain about quarterback upgrades. If the offense gets better, that's good for all members of the offense. Yes, Kamar's 28, but 28 is not necessarily a cutoff point for running backs. And he only has two seasons over 200 rush attempts. It's not like he's Derrick Henry toting the rock 20-plus times a game. We know he doesn't get every single in-between-to-tackles rush for this team. And now he's being drafted on underdog RB29 and FFPC RB27. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. I, uh, I'm i drafting Alvin Kamara at that ADP all day, every day, until um, someone convinces me otherwise, because I don't understand how a guy who's career-worst RB13 season, where he still caught a ton of passes and still managed to be a pretty decent fantasy player is looked at as if he's a toast now. And you get Jamal Jamal Williams. Yeah. I was going to say, what about Jamal, the the impact of Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara? Because I think there is, there's, I mean, for the one guy that's actually put up an RB one season alongside somebody else that's put up an RB one season. I don't think you should be worried. (laughs) That's true. But I mean, yeah, that was a long time ago. And, and I I mean, with Jamal Williams, you know, if he really performs in the first three games, what's, Maybe that's spells bad news for Kamara when he comes no. back. No, man, because look, we know who Jamal, Jamal Williams, Williams had juice last year. He got better. He didn't just score touchdowns. He got better. He got better as a player. Yeah, he had a breakout in year what five or six of his career. I also get it. behind He's good, Detroit's but... offensive line. Yeah, that's true. And look, even last year, Alvin Kamara, I think he had a couple games where Mark Ingram, like yes, Mark Ingram. And I'm not talking about Mark Ingram from like eight years ago. Mark Ingram last year had equal or more. <laughs> carries and Alvin Kamara like that's just what the Saints do with him it doesn't matter because he's efficient and effective and last year not as much as he typically is but so be it but yeah Jamal Williams as we know 1066 rushing yards last year 17 touchdowns I think he's going to be getting 8 to 12 carries a game probably red zone work a lead role for the first three weeks of the season going outside the top 40 running backs I think he's a very nice pick at ADP as well. Um, I think he's a good best ball target because he's going to have spike touchdown weeks. And uh, if Kamara gets hurt, he's going to have a bigger role, of course. And he's a decent bench piece by week fill-in as well. Like We know that there's going to be another running back on this team getting carries and uh, and red zone work. And then you got Kendra Miller. On the other hand, I know Matt's a dynasty guy. Maybe he likes Kendra Miller. I know people get enamored with rookies um, at this time of the year, especially people who are big college guys i have no idea no fucking idea at all why he's being drafted at rb like 50 i just don't get why anyone's even considering drafting him at the moment he's already hurt he's likely going to miss uh week one if not longer alvin kamar and jamal williams are already ahead of him the saints were just considering signing kareem hunt like they're not signing kareem hunt because of kamara or jamal williams they're signing kareem hunt because they want to add depth behind those two guys, which means Kendra Miller is probably not uh, really ready to return yet. And he's a rookie who's not practicing because he's injured. So what what are we doing here with Kendra Miller? He's going to end up on waivers. Just go ahead and pick him up in like week four or five if you really like him that much. Don't waste a pick on him. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. Even from a dynasty perspective, I've never been overly high on Kendra Miller. He's a fine mid-round second pick just based on the you know range of outcomes for the talent that surrounds him in rookie drafts. Um, that mid-round second value is obviously what I'm referring to. But yeah, not a, not a big Kendra Miller guy. Yeah, I mean, definitely not for this year. 
that's for sure. Let's get into these tight ends. Um, oh man, man. I, I mean, it's not you, often you that have you have three superstar tight ends to talk yeah. about on a what fantasy relevance ends? podcast. Cause I mean, like, look at this depth chart. You're talking Joe Juan Johnson, Taysom <laughs> Hill, Jimmy Graham, Hall of Famer. Don't mistake. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, like, I'm not going to take too much time on these tight ends, man. Uh, Jawan Johnson, tight end 20, 169 overall ADP. Taysom Hill, ADP of tight end 23, 182 overall. And then Jimmy Graham going undrafted. But Jawan's probably the best bet of all three options as a pure pass catcher and inconsistent floor type of player with, with some ceiling upside, I guess, if he finds the end zone. But even then, he posted a mere 14.1% target share, 19.1% target rate in 2022 outside of the top 15 in both. Emergence of Rashid Shahid coupled with healthy Michael Thomas, superstar breaker to Chris Olave. That's going to eat into the tight end target share for everybody on this team. Johnson does have some touchdown utility, but those points are going to be entirely unpredictable. Obviously, Jimmy Graham's a veteran presence. I think more so getting paid to be a tight end coach with shoulder pads on. Taysom Hill's always going to have a potential role as the Saints starting quarterback. If, if, if Derek Carr goes down and they don't, obviously they don't trust in Jameis Winston, but Again, he's just a gadget-esque, you know, upside swing late in drafts that are best ball because like you're not going to be able to manage him unless they give him the quarterback position in a, you know, an injury scenario. And then he remains having the tight end designation in fantasy. Like that's really his only utility. Yeah. I kind of yeah, like I mean, Juwan Johnson in best ball. But that's what I mean. Yeah, like I, I think he's the best of all options for his touchdown upside, and he's going to have a pretty consistent floor. You're talking three catches for forty a game. Touchdown upside for Jawan. It's got to be yeah. touchdowns. All right, uh, Dynasty Stash, Matt. Which who you got? It's A.T. Perry, man, and I, I like the Saints' history of just developing these types of guys, these wide receivers, the Marcus Colstons, the the Rashid Shaheeds. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're great. The Deontay Harris's, they're just great at developing, and, and not that those guys have been standout superstar fan. Well, Colston, yes, but great at developing these later round wideouts for sure, and this is why it's dynasty stash time, right? Because you're not going to see incredibly production from at perry as a rookie he might have some similar touchdown upside uh to Jawan johnson even because he's a very large human he's got impressive athleticism measured in at 6'4 197 pounds at the nfl combine runs a 4.47 40 yard dash speed and burst scores both above the 75th percentile when you adjust for height and weight so not a transcendent athlete athlete but <laughs> yeah i mean he's a Ew. thick boy but a very good one a very good one. And he, he broke out in his junior season for Wake Forest, caught 71 passes, 1,293 yards, 15 touchdowns, averaged 18.2 yards per reception on 135 targets, a target share of 26.2%, followed by an impressive but regressive in comparison senior season where he posted 81 receptions for 1,096, 11 touchdowns, averaged 13.5 yards per 129 targets, target share of 27.3. But it's good to see him surpass those historic thresholds for productive wide receivers at least in the nfl and they've got a long lineage man of developing these guys he's got big size good speed he can play as the xy on the outside which obviously i think michael thomas's transition to the slot at this point in his career i think that's where he's going to see the most utilization we don't really have a standalone slot receiver on the depth chart as well chris olave is going to dominate outside targets so there's an opening for that third wide receiver role and i think at perry could definitely see that role become his as soon as his first year but he's more of a stash play yep 
I love it. A.T. Perry. Not A.C. Slater. A.T. Perry. Uh, we're going to go to... What, let's go to Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, Panthers. Carolina. Guys, I have a bet. G pound. Hashtag. I would, I'm going to say that the Carolina Panthers are going to be our shortest heat wave. It might be. They're the, the, is there anyone to own there except Miles Sanders? Is there anyone to roster? No one. Miles Sanders. The world may never know. You got to listen to find out. I mean, I, and yeah, you, you, listen and listen. Dynasty stash, of course. All right, let's 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 just go over there. Find us over there tomorrow. Peace out. Meet us in Carolina. Later. Later. Well, I just press end studio instead of end recording. <laughs>